Hello everyone, welcome to April. It's such a beautiful month with all the flowers blooming and, and the weather warming up. It's just such a wonderful time and it's a, it's a great time to remind us of all God's blessings and the new life that he gives us in Jesus Christ. I'm going to be talking about the book of First John. And I've always thought that the book of First John and just reading it casually is, is just so much about love. In fact, the word love is used 34 times in the very short book of First John. For every 50 words in, in the book of John, love is mentioned once. So it's a really important topic in the book of John. The book of John talks so much about our love for God, his love for us, and our love for other people. Um, when you really get down to studying it, there is so much going on in the book of 1 John. So I'm going to talk about the book of 1 John in the next few weeks, and I'm going to start with some background information that's really, um, really important in understanding the letter and why it was written and why he's emphasizing certain points in the letter. Most scholars agree, even though uh, the book or the letter doesn't say who wrote it, most people agree that it was written by the Apostle John around 90 AD uh, when he was living in or around Ephesus. Um, that that is what you know would that is in what would be called modern day Turkey. By then he was quite old, probably around 80 years old. And all of the other of Jesus' disciples had already uh, gone on to be in heaven. So letters from John were really treasured and esteemed because he was the last living original apostle. So as I said, this book was written to the churches in Ephesus and the surrounding area. But the purpose of it was to correct error and heresy that was invading the churches um, and to instruct them in sound doctrine and to provide them with encouragement. It was called a circular letter, meaning that uh, it was meant to be circulated among the various churches in the area. And what's really neat in this letter is that John addresses the people in the church, the, ch the Christians, as children. Uh, the, the term was used in that day by really kind, fatherly type teachers to address their followers or disciples. So this loving term that John uses is used repeatedly. In fact, nine times in this letter, including uh, calling his readers, my little children, my dear children or little children, it shows John's care and concern for his fellow believers. And what stands out in his relationship is his tenderness and the love for the people that he's writing to. So that's just really awesome. As I said in the, uh, at, when I started, one of the main subjects in this letter is love. Three other words are often used. Life, light, and, and know are knowledge. Knowing the truth is so important. It is mentioned 37 times in this short book how important it is to know what you know, to know the right thing, to know the truth about Jesus Christ. And we'll see why knowing the right things is really important as we go along. When we don't know sound doctrine about salvation, about Jesus Christ, about God, we can be led astray, mixed up, or even doubt God's plan of salvation for us. So knowing about God, knowing the Bible is really, really important. This letter also gives some really, really uh, 
black and white, uh, blunt statements about how a Christian acts and what a Christian believes and how they should be doing that. Um, many of the statements that First John makes would not be welcome in most Christians' lives or in their homes or in their churches right now. Uh, but they are really part of the Word of God. They, they really provide a way for us to gauge our own walk with the Lord. So John uh, wrote this letter to assure Christians of their eternal salvation. Many Christians at this time had become really unsettled and confused due to the instructions of false teachers, false prophets. And, you know, John, in this letter, calls these people who were spreading this false doctrine liars, antichrist, and teachers who propagate heresies. So he didn't say, have any good thing to say about them. And um, as I've studied, many of these teachers were part of the church and were accepted and, and knew sound doctrine at one time, but they got all squirrely and mixed up and were teaching the wrong things. And they were teaching things that were uh, popular in society, but not correct as far as the church. And so as John addressed these heresies, he filled this letter, first John, with sound doctrine. So there were various heresies and various types and trends and, you know, variations of these heresies that were being taught, but they all evolved in the second and third century to something called Gnosticism. And the main heresy that was going on in that day was a belief that the mortal body was worthless and evil and just the spirit of the man counted. <clears throat> Thus, the body could sin and do whatever it wanted, and it would have no effect on your spirit within. These false teachers taught that you could live however you wanted, and it would not affect your salvation as long as you were pursuing spiritual enlightenment or knowledge. They elevated intellectual knowledge. So you can see why knowledge, the right kind of knowledge, is mentioned so, so many times in this book. They did not believe, because they didn't believe that sin mattered, they did not believe in the need for a savior, and they did not believe in sin, that it, that was a problem. They taught that Jesus was not God in the flesh, that God would not inhabit a mortal, mortal body. Some taught he was just a man with the spirit of Christ, that the spirit of Christ dwelt in, and some taught that he didn't really have a real body, it was just, it just appeared like a real body like something you'd see in science fiction or something. Some taught that Jesus entered, uh, that Christ entered Jesus's body at his baptism and left his body before the crucifixion. Therefore, Jesus Christ did not die for our sins. They did not believe in the incarnation or in the resurrection. So you can see there was all kinds of things floating around and the believers in, in those churches were getting really, really, really mixed up and confused. So because of all this wrong teaching, good Christian people were beginning to doubt that they were saved, to doubt that they had eternal life, and it became a sad state of affairs in the church. So that is why it is important to know the Bible for yourself. <clears throat> These false teachers used the scriptures, but twisted them to say things that they did not really mean. And we have such a great advantage in our day and age over these church members, these Christians had, because we have the written word 
that we have in our own homes that we can study for ourselves. These Christians back then didn't have all these luxuries that we have. <clears throat> An early church father named Arrhenius wrote about this particular problem, <clears throat> that these uh, these teachers were twisting scriptures. It says, so firm is the ground upon which these gospels rest. That's what he's saying is the scriptures were so important uh, that the very heretics themselves bear witness to them. And starting from these documents, each one of them endeavors to establish his own peculiar doctrine. They assert that they themselves know more than all others, and that they alone have imbibed the greatness of the knowledge of the power which is unspeakable. They also maintain that they have attained to a height above all power, and that before, therefore they are free in every aspect to act as they please, having no one to fear or having no one to fear in anything they lead lives of unrestrained indulgence as teaching that it that it is a matter of indifference to practice adultery to eat things sacrificed to idols and on and on it goes so these teachers were saying you can live however you want as long as you're pursuing spiritual knowledge you know the sin doesn't matter at all so that's not uh that's not right. <laughs> so John himself, in the book of 1 John, gives us three reasons that he's writing this letter. In 1 John 15, or 1 John 5, verse 13, 1 John 5, 13, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So he's writing this so that all this confusion and all these wrong teachings would be corrected and settled in the people's mind and so that they could have that assurance and that peace knowing that they had eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 John 1, verse 4, John says, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So the churches in that area, their joy wasn't full. They were confused. They were restless. They were uh, worried. They were uh, uh, not walking in faith because they couldn't. They were confused about what they had to base their faith upon. But John wanted their faith to be their joy to be full by knowing the actual truth and having that knowledge. And we all like having our joy full, don't we? <laughs> and then uh, in First John two one, it says, "My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin." So um, the teachers, the false teachers, the heretics, those false prophets were, were uh, propagating the doctrine that said that they can sin. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter if you sin. It won't be counted against you. And John was teaching that it does matter if you sin. And he's writing this so that these people would not sin. And um, with all that in mind, let's uh, read from the beginning of 1 John. 1 John 1, verse 1, and I'm reading from the New King James Bible. And just keep everything I said in mind when I read this, and it'll bring new life, new, uh, new awareness to what we're reading. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father 
and was manifested to us. So this, just this first and second verse, John is just talking about how he saw it, how he knows, how it was revealed to him. He was a personal eyewitness to everything um, that Jesus did, everything that Jesus was. And so he's establishing that at the very beginning of the letter. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard and declare to you, that you may also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So John is saying that he he was proclaiming the preexistence and the genuine humanity of Christ. He was saying, you know, he really is the Son of God. He really is the Savior of the world. He really existed before creation. John is also saying that, you know, he's saying, I was there. I saw it. I experienced it. I know it. He was just saying that from the very beginning that he is establishing that he was an eyewitness. He experienced it. He saw it. He knows it. Not like these false teachers that were running around with all these crazy ideas. Paul was, or John was actually there and saw it all. So he's basically saying, I'm telling, I'm going to tell you about this so you can know it too and that you can have all the joy possible. And it makes me think so much the way he started first John, uh, chapter one makes me think so much of the gospel of John and how he began the gospel of John. So I'm going to look at that real quick. The gospel of John in the NIV, John one, one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. He was with God in the beginning. So he's talking about the Word of God, Jesus Christ. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And then verse 9, true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. That's Jesus Christ. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He's talking about the Jewish people. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So as we read the book of 1 John, this is the basis that the whole book of 1 John was written on, that Jesus Christ, our Savior, was from the beginning and he came to this earth as the word made flesh and he died for our sins and God loves us. Jesus Christ loves us. And we, and John was saying that we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth. So in the book of first John, John is going to be emphasizing all these points and refuting all the heresies and helping the people in these churches. So we'll continue on next week with more about the book of First John and the things that are revealed, the things that are corrected, the knowledge that's imparted, 
and the life and love that's given. So um, as we close, I want to encourage you, if you've never made a decision to turn your life over to Jesus Christ, to trust in him, in him as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to do that now. Uh, he loves you so much, and he has a perfect plan for your life, a plan that is um, full of love and encouragement from the Lord, freedom from the penalty of sin, and uh, God just wants to bless you with that. That's why Jesus came. And uh, the way you take advantage of it, you just decide to believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You repent of your sins and you serve him for the rest of your life. So if you make that decision, we ask that you call us or email us. And we would love to send you a Bible. We also ask that you share and like our, our uh, video teachings so that other people can be blessed. Bye-bye.